Welcome, um, and I have, I'm joined by one half of Blender. Blender is a music label, a Friday night performance on Facebook, a disco in your kitchen, and Neil is just one of the kindest, nicest people I've ever met, and has pulled together a beautiful range of musicians for today. Neil, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks, Mark. So, um, so at Blender, we our um, sort of main aim is to support emerging musicians and creatives, and we try and provide uh, opportunities for people to maybe push beyond and showcase uh, their skills to a wider audience. Um, we're really all about creating possibilities for people uh, and and making collaborations where we can. And as you say, we run gigs and uh, Friday night Blender. We do a streaming on a Friday night on Facebook. We create lineups for festivals. And we, we're also um, releasing some vinyl this year as well. So it's quite an exciting year for us. Um, we're really happy to be here. Oh, it's amazing. I bought your vinyl last year and that's how I met you. I saw it, I saw it advertised on Instagram or I saw it posted on Instagram and I just thought this is a this is a this is a good group of people doing good things. I'm and I love vinyl. But the thing that I didn't tell you at the time, Neil, was my Lynn basic record player only plays 33 you're supposed to be able to change the belt to make it play 45s yeah. but i couldn't so i bought it knowing i couldn't play it and i've only just played it about three months ago and i love it it's a great piece of work oh that's cool yeah it's a really exciting project for us because we um we crowdfunded the vinyl and the excess copies that we had uh, kicking around we just gave them to the band so you know we one of the things that we're really keen to do is to obviously push people forwards and we just wanted to support the artists that we like just to, one is to have a physical product because a lot of the bands that we kind of work with just tend to work digitally, but we wanted them to get onto vinyl, vinyl and, and we wanted them to take those records out, you know, and to sell them and to, and to, you know, keep that creative process going so they could feed it back into their recording, feed it back into their studio time and, and just kind of see where that took them. And there's a, there's a deeper relationship with the listener. In my humble opinion, when, as soon as we digitise music, which is amazing, and it, and it opens up the floodgates to creativity and it democratises and all of these amazing things. But when you can hold the record in your hand, when you can be passed it by a band member at, at a gig, then you have a completely different relationship. And I think it, it, because you can't delete it, then there's something a little bit less transient about that. And it, it, it genuinely brings it to life for me. But I'm old, right? I'm 52, so hey, I love up? vinyl because I grew up with it. Yeah, I think the um, you know the physicality of it, the ceremony of putting it on, the ceremony of, of not going to sort of skip a track to sit down and to listen to it. And I think just some of the detail that you get through it, it's a slightly different sound. It doesn't feel quite so kind of cutthroat it's a bit warmer they would say maybe the bottom ends come through a bit a bit stronger it's yeah we absolutely love it and um yeah it's really important for us to to make sure that bands we work with can actually get their like say get their work done on, on a physical product and we've got some incredible incredible performances incredible artists today um who have we got up first yeah so first up we have a, a an artist called n uh, we've worked with them over a number of years. We, we first saw her on a, a Sunday night, and you'll get to hear a bit more about this in the, in the podcast. She's just a force of nature, an incredible singer, very skillful guitarist. Um, and we're really, you know, watching her career closely. You know, we think that there's, there's plenty more to come from her, and, and we're really excited to, you know, to talk to her and to hear one of her tracks as well. I, I can't believe she's not been snapped up 
and 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 this week, I'm, and I'm glad this is the case. She's not been snapped up and packaged, and and pushed into a bigger market. She is. I mean, all of the three today are incredible, but she is an amazing performer. Her voice is just honey, and um, and you're right. She plays great guitar as well. Yeah, great. So let's um, should we roll the podcast, Mark? Let's roll it. Great. See you on the other side. Uh, so Nikisha, the, um, similar to the sort of the backstory with with Sarah and Lee's band. I was trying to think back to the first time that I saw you play. When you fell in love, Neil. What it it was, really, wasn't it? (laughs) It was. Um, I think I might have gone to a gig at Esquire's and on the way back home, we walked past a pub called the Bedford Arms and you were in there playing. Is that where I met you? Yeah, I think so. And it was... The best Sunday night I think I've ever had. I might have had a few oh, yeah. drinks, possibly, possibly. <laughs> and I remember you just freestyling and just intricate playing at the voice, like the voice to die for. And I think a friend of mine, Alan, who who runs Blender with me, might have got a bit carried away and, and shouted out that he wanted to marry you in the middle of one of your songs. Yeah, it was my first ever proposal. I was really taken with it. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that worked out for you guys so well, did it? No. no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nah. I mean, the first proposal, you can never say yes, right? You're supposed to turn it down. Isn't okay. that right? Um, well, I guess so, yeah. yeah. I'm a lazy. I'm not just going to yeah. say yes to a drunk man in a, <laughs> in a crowd. <laughs> On a Sunday night. And why yeah, would you? Yeah. It's a Sunday. Calm yeah. down. <laughs> Two leering blokes at the back of some venue somewhere. Oh, I love yeah. you. Yeah. Will you yeah, marry me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get lost. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, I, have, um, I have a song. I have a song. Uh, which actually talks about a confident woman going up to a guy and asking him if he wants to dance and not being afraid to uh, make the first move in that way. And Mm -hmm. so, but also is a traditional woman. She kind of likes the tradition, but she's not afraid to step into something new. Uh, And that song is about a confident woman. Um, That's not me. Because I can turn I can turn people down all right, but when it actually yeah I know that yeah for a fact me, yeah yeah when I have to go and talk to someone I'm like so uh, do you like bread? <laughs> that was my chat up line for like <laughs> people did not know that they were being chatted up. Yeah, but I am now you know engaged and baby on the way. Yeah, so I got there. <laughs> so happy about that. It's amazing, and I know that song that you're talking about, and it's an amazing song. Um, <laughs> And I guess from from that time that we first saw you, I mean, we've been really fortunate to work with you, I'd say that. I mean, you're doing all the work. We just say, hey, do you want to play a gig? And you're like, yeah, okay then. Um, And then you had a bit of time down in Bristol, didn't you, I I think? um, Yeah, I moved down there. Never again. I'm back now. Back to my senses. I'm back. Cool. (laughs) Um, And and you had, I guess it's fair to say, like you've you've had an interesting kind of ride with your music that, your solo stuff is amazing. I know that you've done a little bit of work with sort of double bass and, and had a few sort of people come in, but my sense is that you're such a force to be reckoned with that there's enough for you to hold down everything you need to do uh, within that. I mean, is that going to stay the same? Do you feel like there's a band Honestly, coming I don't or? know, because like all the opportunities that are coming out at me at the moment, like, for example, I've just been asked to write a song for a documentary uh, for this doctor who is really cool. I've did a song with her... Le- Last year, I was working with a guy called Skylar Jet for that song. I mean, he wrote it and then he got me in to sing. But now she's yeah. actually asked me to write a song because she really liked my voice. So then I was like, okay, here's a, here's the 
demo. And then she, and I said, I'm going to get a full band and all this kind of stuff because trying to figure out the budget. And then she was like, mm. I actually just like it with you. So yeah. at the moment, every time I'm getting a music opportunity, it's not to include a full sound or a full band or anything. Um, it's just people are asking for what I do myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, working with other people can be a right pain in the ass because they all... They all just think that they're the ones who write the songs that people turned up to see whose name's on the poster. No, you're not. Calm down. <laughs> like, <laughs> my name's on the poster. You're my backing band. If it was like, if I was like writing with a band and we were a band and we had formed a name and we were going out there, like the other guys yeah. who you interviewed today, that's different, but it's my name and it's my songs mm. and it's my reputation. So when you've, I've had drummers on stage try to play and sabotage a gig because they were not happy with not being center stage. You're a drummer. (laughs) And then, and then there's like, I've had a guitarist who started telling people in the audience that he wrote the songs. And I was like, Mm. sit down, you're fired. I actually, wait, no, I did fire him on stage. Actually I did. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, if ever I see like a, um, you know, that you are recruiting, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I'm not brave enough to come. You're de- you wouldn't be brave enough, trust me. You've no. got to be really brave to be in my backing band because I will yeah, fire yeah. you on stage if you get it wrong. You heard of James Brown where he would fine his band, right? Yeah, mm. I'm, I'm worse than that. You just get fired in public, you know. Yeah, yeah. if you're not sort of sitting on the one, you're out. I, I get that. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Um, so we're going to... Um, I mean, we, we've, you know, like I said, we've done some amazing work with you. We've, we've seen, you know, seen your kind of career flourish we've seen that you move into sort of visual arts as well and I think my sense is that you're just this amazing force to be reckoned with you've got an incredible story to tell and and it's so infectious what you do and and we really really love when you come to play for us with us to us all of that all of it it's amazing all all of those things at once really it just happens it's a happy yeah yeah it's good and uh, and we really (laughs) look forward to kind of seeing you know where it goes where it where it's going to take you to with with a new new one on the on the way as well so you know we hope the journey really continues so we're going to crack on with these apparently quick fire i mean it's been the slowest quick fire set of questions of all time i'll try to rapidly answer how about that i'll try to not go oh yeah that reminds me of the time that i yeah so i'll i'll curb it i'll bring you back in if you go please off do. on a tangent on yeah a please i need i need raining in yeah i'll yeah, just cool. rein it in right focus <laughs> here we go um blue sorry i'm (laughs) nikisha esnard favorite favorite color this is amazing okay favorite color blue (laughs) oh bonus all right the first single you bought the first single i bought uh it might have been a sean paul single oh you mean chandapal I was um I wasn't gonna join in because I'd embarrass myself, but yeah, that's cool. Uh, first album. Um, I don't know the first album I bought because I spent most of my teenage years stealing from my brother's girlfriend, my big brother's girlfriend. So I stole the Miseducation of Lauren Hill, and she did not get that back in good condition because I listened to that. I like I ruined that that CD because it just yeah. is my biggest inspiration. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, first gig you went to? I don't know. My own? I don't know. Uh, no, I remember. Probably. In Luton Carnival. 
and they had this massive stage and there was a band on and I can't remember their name but they had a song called Fire Coming Down, Fire Coming Down in Luton Town, Fire Coming Down and I was like this is the most amazing thing I've ever heard and then so like my whole family we were just going nuts so it, was, it would have been a gig that was happening at the carnival in Luton and I was experiencing my culture even though I was born in this country I was getting a chance to experience some of my home culture you know yeah uh in Luton and that just blew my mind how amazing and intense the music was I just really liked it so yeah, cool that. first gig as a festival is is an amazing experience yeah I think so I took my daughter I took her to a festival too and we were and it was like her first ever proper music festival but she comes to my gigs quite mm. uh, when she when she can when I can bring her so did you yeah. kind of cherry pick that because I guess knowing that sometimes your first experience of stuff can be by accident did you kind of write cherry pick what we're going to go to this it's going to be the first thing you do you're going to remember it it's going to be quite a significant moment well the first gig I've taken her to that wasn't my own because she needs to see her mother more (laughs) (laughs) was Stevie Wonder come on your kid's first gig Stevie Wonder Hyde Park so we I took her to go see Stevie and she was only little but she remembers and when we were coming home on the train, people were fighting on the train that was ahead of ours, which delayed our train. And then we had to wait and all this commotion was going on and people had been fighting. When my daughter heard that the reason for the delay was because people were fighting, she got so angry and she was like, doesn't anyone listen to Stevie? <laughs> and for some reason, she just assumed that everyone had been at the Stevie Wonder gig. Okay, so there's your Stevie talked about peace. Stevie wouldn't have liked this. So she, yeah, <laughs> he was really influenced by Stevie Wonder. So <laughs> yeah, it was a good first gig, I guess. Wow. I mean, everyone should should have been at that gig. I'm, yeah, <laughs> we need more Stevie Wonder in our lives, definitely. Um, that was a weird was... gig too, because the, literally the night before that Hyde Park gig, I was with Stevie Wonder's band at 100 Wardour Street jamming. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Cool. That was random and accident. <laughs> it's a good random though. I wish I could um, get anywhere near that. That's an amazing story. I'd like to hear more about <laughs> that another time in the quickfire round. Oh yeah, this is the quickfire yeah, round. Yeah, I it. did not answer rapidly. I just answered a lot. Carry on. Um, first <laughs> stereo that you remember or bought? Auntie Sandra gave us Michael Green, who you know is my cousin. Yeah. Um, she gave us his old stereo. So I didn't buy anything, Neil. I was broke. I was a kid, man. But mm. um, I <laughs> but I got my first, And I can't remember what it was, but it was this burgundy stereo. And uh, we would listen to Return of the Mac. Oh, yeah. Every Friday <laughs> at 8 p.m., me and my brother would run upstairs to turn on the radio to hear that song. And then we cool. discovered that we could tape it. <laughs> <laughs> but you couldn't talk at the same time because it kind of... No, over- don't do that. Yeah, don't yeah. Do that. yeah, yeah I remember those days. You. Um, first band you fell in love with? I'm going to be honest here. I hated most music. I did. Growing up, all I heard was women needed a man to succeed or, you know, black women in music had to be ghetto mamas. And that's why Lauren Hill was my biggest, biggest influence. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because she was the first person that made my DNA wake up where I was like, someone's speaking the truth. What? And it just woke me up. I was like, yes, conscious vibes. It's, I, I'm just this person who feels really, really deeply about all the stuff that's going on in the world. And I hated it. I don't even listen to the radio now most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I miss out on some good things. But um, it's why I, I like unsigned music. I like to find people. Like today, like everyone that's played today has been incredible. And I was just like, yes, bop. 
got, <laughs> got yeah. to find your stuff and start following you guys. But that's what I do. I, I mostly don't like mainstream stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Lorena? Yeah, no, I like that. I think um, <laughs> still in the quick fire round, I, I know, well, I know that Nick Cave, who's one of my huge idols, he his would be the same. He doesn't listen to any other music. He's like, why do I listen to anything else when I can... I sit in my typewriter and I write all day and I, I you know, I create. So I don't, I don't have any other well, reference. I also but. liked what Lee said about not really playing gigs where there's covers bands. Like, damn straight. Like, I'm a songwriter, so I would like there to be. I mean, I do a cover now and again, but very mm-hmm. rarely because I'm a songwriter. So for a songwriter to make it, they have to write songs. And if they're not writing songs and they're singing other people's songs, I mean, there's nothing wrong with singing other people's songs. It's just not the way that I could do it because. Uh, as a songwriter, I want people to do a covers band of me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, you see what I'm saying? It's like, I don't yeah. want to be trying to be, oh, oh, she reminds me of this person. Oh, she sang mm. that song. That's amazing. Because there's this, this box that you put people into and then it's difficult to get out of it. So yeah, yeah I'm down with, I'm down with that too. Yeah. I guess you wouldn't go to like an art gallery to look at tracings of pictures. I really don't like it when I see people that paint like, uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat and, and, then, and then they're like they, they do exactly the same and they're like oh this is my art and then I'm like I mean it's good mm. but you've got a blueprint it's not something that's come from you yeah, it's, yeah. It's, do you know what I mean like the only thing that might be coming from you is the colours you've chosen in this piece mm-hmm. but like the piece itself isn't speaking to me about you why you did it it doesn't speak to me about anything you're not speaking to me it just doesn't speak but then when you when you create something that is from a raw inside yourself and you're brave enough to write your own songs or paint a picture that looks individual and it's different. And you've, that's your voice. It's your voice. You've got something to say. It's a platform you've created for yourself. It's your voice. So use it. So yeah, that's me. I'm passionate about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's clear to see. Yeah. And back to the quick fire round. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought this was my 15 hour speech, but okay. Can <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can arrange that. We can arrange that. Um, so super quick now, because I'm just slightly aware of time. But uh, first, uh, disco you went to? Um, very similar to Sarah. It was a school disco. And my date dumped me beforehand for Manisha Mehta. Yeah. What? No, I don't think so, bro. If only he knew. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, first, cool. yeah, yeah. First song you can remember dancing to? That's impossible. I was dancing from out of the womb. I danced my way out of the womb. <laughs> so I, I cannot tell you it would have been some sort of reggae song because my mum played reggae a lot around the house so that's probably what it would have been yeah and can you remember the first time that uh, music blew your mind Lauren Hill yeah I thought you might say that yes. um, you're a multi-instrumentalist what's yeah. the first instrument you learned to play violin there we go rapid, rapid answers yeah good this is what we like I can see Mark secretly thinking, yes, this is better. Come on, keep going. Um, the first song you learned to play, Nikisha. What should we do with a drunken sailor? <laughs> a very scratchy violin. Yeah. Mm. And the first track you wrote? A song with my cousins when we were kids because we used to do performances for my family all the time at get-togethers and it was called Honey. And then Mariah Carey dropped a song called Honey at the same time and I was like, oh. how dare she? So yeah. Just would you would you know it if you if you had to play it again? Honey, you have got to realize that I'm not just only yours. You have got to be real sure that I will not close the door. Honey, do do 
do oh my darling honey it's trash but i have never forgotten it <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> i want to hear that properly right so we're gonna um we're gonna shoot on i'm gonna uh really again similar to sarah and to liam super interested in the song that you've chosen um i'm gonna try and play that not personally but i'm gonna try and press some buttons to play that and then i'm gonna hand you over to mark and I really appreciate your time this morning and your patience to, to wait. And once we finish, you're going to play a few tracks and then Sarah's going to play a few tracks to kind of close out the day. But um, it's always lovely to see you, Nikisha. Such a huge ball of just amazing energy and just a force to be reckoned with. And we love working with you and seeing you play. So um, I'm going to play this track. the dangers and the lies you tell yourself Cause once you do that you don't care about no one else Oh, don't fall in love with me For you're not ready, baby All the walls you put up I will never break down Falseness, your only weakness becomes your demise. And what have you learned is that you'll get burned, trapped by your own disguise. Oh, don't fall in love with me. I don't have to sit you, baby. Just don't fall in love with me For my love is all I have I'm much stronger than you know So don't try to trap me when I try to go Don't fall in love with me I'm the one who'll get hurt, baby you over to mark the capable hands that was incredible i mean genuinely nikisha i Thank you. i loved it when it's going to remove neil no disrespect Neil. um <laughs> there you go um genuinely i mean when you when you sang at the last all day communion it was just it was beautiful and incredible and and that 
that was really soulful to the point that it almost hurt. You know, it's really, it was really lovely. And I'm and I'm super interested. You know where I go. You you've seen two already. Um, but why did you choose this track? What was it about this track that you 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 that lifted it to the top of your consciousness? Um, I think because it hasn't had enough attention, and I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to bring a light to that track. That's my answer. <laughs> what? I mean, that's really interesting because. I think it's almost it's almost an accident as to which track gets the attention. It, it's it's almost it just has to catch a vibe. I'm 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 watching the songs that shook America on Netflix at, at the at the moment. I mean, brilliant, absolutely brilliant, brilliant series. And the Kendrick Lamar song that that shook America, the one that kind of like just sparked all of the it was was sung in protest at all of the all of the the, the Black Lives Matter riots. It's an okay song, right? It's an okay song. He's amazing. But there was just something about the time and something about the lyric and something about the joy that kind of lifted it, lifted it up, up, up and above. Why do you think this one hasn't had the light that it deserves? Um, because I don't, I don't know. I don't really play it live. So that probably is... I have played it live, but I wrote this song with another guy a guitarist who I had to fire. This is the habit of mine. But I had to... <laughs> he had to get fired, unfortunately. Um, but I wrote this song, and we, we, we met up to see if we gelled together, if we worked together. And within the first 10 minutes from me walking into the room and then needing my first cup of tea, we'd written that song in its entirety. The lyrics, the melody, everything. 10 minutes. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get on with this guy. We worked pretty well. Um... And then we, when we did a couple of gigs together, we played that one live. And then that recording you just heard was actually a demo because a, a record label was very interested. And it's the guy that discovered Amy Winehouse. And he was saying how that, that recording reminded him of hearing Amy Winehouse's early demos that kind of made her get recognized and stuff. Um, and then, so I don't know. I guess the last couple of years when things have been trying to get going for me, it's just not been the right time. I've had amazing experiences and done amazing things, but when it comes to getting the recordings, when it comes to like pushing a single or pushing an album or pushing a project, for some reason there's been like breaks and this year it seems to be kicking off. So I think that's why I'm bringing light to it. I'm breathing new life, breathing new life. That's the word I want to go with. It deserves it. It, it absolutely deserves it. Um, just, I hadn't planned to ask you this, but I'm really intrigued. Um, how many kids have you got? I've got one daughter and I'm pregnant currently. Hooray! My second. Yeah. <laughs> how is it? It's the best thing in the world. We got four. And, and frankly, if it was up to Nick, we'd have had more. Um, but tell me, how did, how did becoming a mother change how you wrote music? Um, because I had another object of love to write about. It okay. just improved it. <laughs> it gave me more experience. She taught me so much about love in its purest form and uh, than anybody or any, any any other experience. And she's still doing it to this day. I can't believe it. So, you know, being a parent, but being in fellowship with a child rather than trying to control a child, like a lot of parenting is, uh, my upbringing was very much like that. And learning as her friend, but actually being that role model, being that mother as well, having that kind of relationship with her, it's a very new thing for my family anyway to see to parent in that way. So she's 
she's bringing me into she's also an artist you see she's very sensitive and she likes to draw as well so she's uh we're very similar we're born very close like i'm the 7th of march she's the 17th so our spring babies you know <laughs> very creative very visual very you know so she just adds to my songwriting and there was a time when she literally i said i don't know what to write today um what should i what should mommy write now she was like about a song about me <laughs> so she is like me you know <laughs> so, so i well, did I, and didn't... i wrote a song called wonderful reason which is for her that's yeah, lovely so... well i hope she doesn't sack you for being the wrong you know in she, the band yeah i'm the one that gets fired in our band when <laughs> we're that, yeah <laughs> but t- tell me um how how do you i mean you've got your multi-instrumental um, incredible soulful voice, and I agree. Very early, uh, Amy, best era, Amy Winehouse, in my humble opinion. How do you go about creating a song? What What is your process um, in terms of creativity and songwriting? Um, so my my music, as well as my visual art, is an extension of something that's going on in the invisible space within, formless space, and I need to. Put, I got a delivery. Hang on a second. (laughs) (laughs) This is real life, isn't it? That's what I absolutely love about this. When we're done with the chatting, we've got um, we've got three songs each from N and from um, and from Sarah Low Girl to finish finish us off. If you have to leave, I understand, um, and you can watch it again later. Be about a week's time before it's back online for you to see see it again. I'm that nearly right. Wow, I'm so sorry. No, I'm seamless. So Honestly, I, I chatted all the way through it. So many things. It's it turned out he was an electric meter reader. So if I'd have known that, I would have left him outside. <laughs> doesn't matter. Honestly, doesn't matter at all. So tell me about tell me about your 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 creativity process when it comes to music. Okay, my creativity process when it comes to music. Yeah, it's an extension of that space. I have feelings that I don't understand. We all do. And as an artist, that's our job is to try to make sense of that formless space within yourself. And most of the time you find that other people, the people that relate to your work, um, you've expressed something that they couldn't put into words or that they couldn't put into creativity because they may not have the same gifting as you do. So for me, whenever I pick up my guitar, I'm not thinking, oh, I need to write a song about this or write a song about that. I know other songwriters do, actually. Um, someone I've been working with, a guy called Nick Welsh, uh, goes as King Hammond. He was in Bad Manners as the bass player. Incredible songwriter. And he'll hear somebody say something on the TV and he'll be like, oh, that's great, I've got to write that down. And then he'll write a song around that and bring his own meaning to it and stuff. But for me, um, things kind of happen by accident. And so I'll just pick up the guitar, start playing, and one of the things that my partner started to do is just record me on his phone. And when he did that, I actually wrote like half an hour's worth of new music without realising it, because I can turn those ideas now into to form them into songs. But sometimes I can be inspired. Like, so um, this doctor I was telling you about, this documentary, this song, she's come to me and asked me for a commission. So the, the only direction she kind of gave me was that the documentary is about the government withholding information during COVID. And she said that the, the what they're saying is, um, the experts are saying that had they not have withheld certain information from the public, more people would have survived than what happened in the world, as we all know. So they're kind of 
I would say whistleblowing or whatever it is, but they're kind of starting to try and get the truth out there to people. She also did another thing about um, boosting the immune system and, and the, the research that they discovered about the immune system and how important it is for us all to be boosting that and recognize that our lifestyles is actually one of the reasons why so many people went with COVID as well is because um, the way that we are living is not necessarily uh, the right way for us. But they discovered that boosting immune systems, using vitamin C, vitamin D, using just that kind of stuff and just like life food um, has actually helped in people's recovery and in stops people from getting it as well. In Africa and stuff, the numbers were much lower than what they were expecting. So, you know, so then that's inspired me because from the first lockdown, the first thing I did without really knowing it was to go and buy food from my home country which I know is superfood packed with goodness and just boosted my immune system and that's what I've been doing ever since and it's just it's great <laughs> no but, I, I, um, completely, I completely agree that that low grade ever persistent stress that we live under that is super damaging to our immune system and whether you know vitamin c vitamin d um, there's a whole load of stuff around Tulsi, Holy Basil, that boosts the immune system. And uh, Qigong, which I do most mornings, or yoga, yeah. all yeah. of these things. And also, also, Nikisha, singing. When yeah. you sing and when you chant, our vagal tone is improved. And there, there's a whole load of research in, 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 what they call, in what they call electroceuticals, which are these kind of like Smith and Nephew and, and P. They're all investing hugely in these like TENS machines but to stimulate the vagus nerve. And actually, all you've got to do is sing. That's all you've got to do, and you'll get the mm -hmm. same the same, the same, same benefit. But I love what you said then, that your, your, when your, your partner, um, your husband, records you, that then gives you something to kind of like go off. Imagine how many songs have been lost because you oh, didn't... I know. I think about that. A lot you didn't record it. Does that, do you, does that keep you awake at night? Yeah, it can do. It can do because sometimes it's at night time when I'm like in, sleeping in bed and I get like a funk tune. I'm like, mm, yeah, funk it. And then I'll just forget it. Or there's been times when I've gone to get my phone and I'm trying to hum the tune quietly because everyone's asleep. <laughs> and then I wake up in the morning. I'm like, let me get back to that tune. And all I can hear is. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. So... And I, and I... I try not to get too caught up in it because I know that this is a spiritual thing because I'm, I'm not dealing with trying to write a song based on what I think society wants. I'm writing a song based on what I need. Yeah. So I know that that need doesn't go anywhere. It's from within me. So usually sometimes I can like there was one time I dropped a hard drive. I've been working on a song when I dropped this is last summer, dropped the hard drive, lost everything. The next day, I was able to rebuild the track and I'm telling you, it's a spiritual thing. I could feel the track was here. Every sound I used, every bit of like, just everything that I used was there. So I was able to rebuild that track from not having any references to go on other than what I felt. So, so I don't know. I don't think anything's ever really lost, is it? Not really. Well, it just turns into something else, doesn't it? I love yeah. that. And just to, just to finish off before we, we, we start, we start listening to you singing. Um, Childhood, your three things. What did your childhood smell like, taste like, and sound like? It smelled like Caribbean food. It tasted like Caribbean food. And it sounded noisy because I'm one of five kids. My mum had twins, the youngest two. So it was very, very noisy. Lots of kids running around. So it was noisy, but it was very much a Caribbean upbringing in England as much as it can be. <laughs> 
as much as you can experience that. Here. Yeah. It was basically experiencing my culture through, like, like, like through my mother, and then the different aspects of being able to experience Caribbean culture growing up here in England uh, was, like I said, the Luton Carnival and the market here in Luton is well, I'm not in Luton, so not here, but there in Luton um, is is got lots of multicultural foods and stuff from back home so that's how I food and music was the main ways that I could experience the the culture of my mother here in England that's amazing yeah. are you in London now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so which island do you which island do you pat you, you, your family from my dad's from Barbados and my mum is from St Lucia so wow two beautiful islands close together there yeah. Amazing, amazing, and I can't, I can't thank you enough. And I'm going to bring the conversation to an end, and, and I, I would love to to dip back into this at some point with you because there's 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 a huge amount of um, there's a huge amount of content that I would wanted to go to. But we just, we just hit me up. Okay, if you made it this far, thanks for listening. You can check out more information about reasons to be cheerful at reasonstobecheerful.co.uk, and you can check out more information about what we do at Blender at blendermusic.co.uk.